0: You know, what's one of my favorite things about having this platform. It's how easy it is to do it. Let me explain. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. It's absolutely free. You know, when I first started this podcast, I was worried. I was frustrated. I thought I would need a lot of capital to get started. But on the contrary, using Anchor was absolutely free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or even your computer. The great thing is that Anchor will also go ahead and distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more outlets. One of my favorite parts is that you can make money from your podcast. There's no minimum listenership, and it's everything that you need in one podcast in one place. All you got to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Welcome to The Merge, everybody. Uh, This is Gio once again. Glad to have you guys join us today. I wanted to go a little bit different and uh, talk a little bit about sports. So for those of you that have been begging me, pleading for us to talk about sports, today's your your lucky day. So I have my boy Anthony joining us. Um, If you've seen us, um, our first few episodes, he was on there with us. And I'm glad to have you on again, my man. Yeah, bro. We're going to talk NBA playoffs today, dude. So. A lot of NBA stuff. A lot it wasn't of that.
1: sports in general. It's more NBA specific. Mm-hmm. So we got to let the people know like right off the bat, NBA is what we're talking about yeah. right now because yeah. that's the biggest thing.
0: Not NFL, not That'll MLS. be a different podcast. Yeah, that'll be another day, <laughs> another day. But but we have the fever, man. We have the, the playoffs are going on as we speak. So, man, wh- wh- what have you noticed so far from these games, dude?
1: The games have been really entertaining, really high scoring too. And obviously us growing up playing basketball and like understanding the different Eye levels, Mm -hmm. right, of playing in different gyms. You always had that one gym that you would never miss at because (laughs) there's the walls a little bit closer and you have a little bit better depth perception. What I've been seeing is that shooters are not missing in the bubble. And it's because you're not in these twenty, twenty-five thousand-person arenas that all of a sudden the depth perception that you have from the corner, from the top of the key, from the elbow, like you see better on the court. The sight lines are so much better, and, and we're looking at it even just here with with Miami with Duncan Robinson. Jesus. Like dude hasn't missed. And when you get elite shooters that are the best in the world, and their ability to just zone in and be like, oh, there's not twenty thousand people here that I have to like, like almost like shield my eyes mm-hmm. from to be able to shoot. It changed the game so the offense has been incredible Um, for the people saying that there's been lacking defense like just shut up get out of here like <laughs> like if you want to watch defensive basketball which the last series of you know the last game of the series mm-hmm. between Miami and, and Indy was uh, the game in the 90s or whatever it was like. I was kind of bored by that. Like we've really? evolved, yeah, we've evolved as consumers of the NBA to expect hundred point games. Yeah, right. Like, why do I want to watch a game eighty five seventy four? Why do I want to watch that? Knicks nineteen ninety eight. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like, I, I don't need to watch that. Like, I want to watch thirty points from you know the best player. I want to watch ten dimes from the best facilitator. Like, that's what I want to see. I want to see exciting.
0: Mm. You know, I I would agree with you partly, and I'll say partly because. I do feel like a, the numbers today are a bit inflated. And the reason I say that is because I don't think necessarily that the skill level, although it has improved. I mean, we see some of these big guys doing amazing things. Even the the guards, like the moves that they're making now were not being made even no. seven, eight years ago. Uh, but I think the biggest issue, and this is just my opinion, is, is the refereeing of the games. Mm. I'm not a big fan of every other position. There's a foul. There's, there's like these little tic-tac fouls that are being called where, man, if, if we're not calling those in the pickup games, why are we calling them in the league? We don't yeah. call a lot of good things in the
1: pickup games, though. There's a <laughs> lot of, of backcourt. There's a lot of double yeah. dribbles. There's a couple of Euro steps that maybe a little yeah. bit too long. So it's not a good barometer for pickup games. But I do understand what you're saying, where you have James Harden going to the line 18 times a game. Yeah. And I get it. He's probably one of the best foul drawers that we have in NBA history. Right from the, the guard best, position, probably yeah. I don't think there's been anybody better. Maybe Wilt Chamberlain, you know, somebody like that that can just is so much bigger than everybody, and you have you to have just, to foul just him. jump on his back. Shack just try to rip him down at any point. Mm-hmm. The ability that he has to get into the lane and do this move, right? Oh. Like that's that's the one move he's got that he'll get seven fouls just yeah. on this. And you're
0: trying to get out of his way, and he still finds right. a and way. He, like you're doing this, and he finds a way to get exactly. you
1: exactly. He initiates the contact, which is why I I, I find how the referees. Ref James Harden better than anybody else is because he's the aggressor in all Mm -hmm. of these, right? Like he's the one who's going out and trying to hit you and then get an and one, or hit you and try to you know fade away with the jumper. It's incredible to me that Giannis as well, LeBron, like it's obvious what they're doing, right? Mm, Yeah, key players, marquee players get calls. Yeah, and that's what it's been. From the genesis of the NBA, Always. there's no, there's no reason like J.R. Smith is not going to get the same call that LeBron <laughs> is, right? That Kawhi is, that Paul George yeah, is. Yeah, no. That's just, that's just built into the fabric of the game. That's mm-hmm. why Tom Brady gets calls in the NFL. Yeah. Like that's why, you know, name a scrub quarterback who probably wouldn't get the clipping. You know, the 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 low hit on the quarterback just because ah yeah. Yeah, keep it moving. Every Dolphins quarterback since then probably yeah. yes yeah. <laughs> That's probably true, but the refing the refing has been an interesting an interesting case study mm-hmm. because when you look at what um, just what's going on in the bubble and how much offense is being played, like yeah. we've seen games Nuggets and Jazz has been an amazing series, and we'll get Ooh. to that series in a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the amount of points that are being scored in those games, like it's high flying action. So mm-hmm. if you're a referee, and I don't know if you've ever refed before. Have oh yeah, yeah, you have. Okay, so I've I've never. Actually, put on a whistle, put on the zebra footlocker outfit, and mm-hmm. gone out and done something. Mm-hmm. So, I've only screamed at refs yeah. at the JCC, at different <laughs> places, <laughs> in college, you know, high school, college, whatever. But to me, when you have so much offense, right, and, and the game is so up tempo and fast paced, it's difficult to try and sit and Very get every call right. Mm-hmm. You know, like you, you've ref before at what level? High school. Okay, so at high school, and the game is fast, Pretty right? Like, fast, yeah. It's, it's interesting, and, and you can attest to this too, like mm-hmm. when you go from playing middle school basketball to high school basketball, it is lightning. Oh, hard. yeah. yeah, world, It's a different world. The moment you step in as a freshman versus the time you leave high school as a senior, the game shifts completely because when you're a freshman, you're like, these guys are men, and I don't know <laughs> if I can be here playing. <laughs> right? But then by the time that you get to be a senior, you're looking around saying, oh, you know what? Like The game has slowed down a lot. Mm-hmm. So imagine ratcheting that up times infinity and watching the best players on the planet play and and having to know that, okay, Russell Westbrook or James Harden or whomever is going to drive down the lane, and I got to be open 50 times a game to make sure that he's getting the right calls.
0: It's not just that, too. I mean, yeah, to your point, 100%. Like, the speed of the game is so hard to judge. But I'm not – I don't want to put it all on the refs because there's a rule book. Like, Mm. they're just trying to make sure that they're doing their job adequately. They're just trying to make sure, okay – these are the new rules, like that freedom of movement thing where you can't even touch the guy now. Right. Um, they're just trying to do their job, you know. So I, I don't really fault them for that. But there's a few guys, I won't say their names. That I just, I know, I know when I'm going to watch uh, this guy ref one of my team's games, you know, I love the heat. I already know, okay, we're going to be in foul trouble in the first quarter. Right. It's going to be a tough game. And usually it happens that way. Uh, but yeah, like you said, the speed of the game nowadays is just so much faster like we're seeing, we'll, let's start talking about Denver and Utah. The emergence of of both guys, Jamal Murray and uh, Donovan uh. Mitchell, like they they were always great, but now I think they're reaching that superstar status. Rule book or not, like these guys are just putting up points. The moves that these guys are making, like, and it's not that the def- the defense is bad. You have world class defenders, the best defenders in the world, playing defense. But it's just like these guys are just making tough shots, man. Like, what you, what are you supposed to do and and, and the pick-and-roll nowadays, you have to pick your poison because usually they're going to use the most effective players um, in the pick-and-roll. No longer is it the four man right. who's going to maybe hit the mid-range and he's going to maybe make it 32% of the time. No, right. you have seven-foot players like Nikola uh, Jokic. Jokic yeah. who's, he, he'll, he'll hit he's a, a one-foot – A point guard, right? A one-foot uh, off-the-wrong-foot step-back in your face, you know, against the past season's Defensive Player of the Year. Right. Like, what are you supposed to do with that? So, I think these guys have just evolved so much. Where well, we've be, we've come to expect these these <laughs> high scoring games, where it's I think the Heat game was like ninety nine to eighty four, and I was like, whoa, this is a throwback. Yeah, yeah like what is this? This you is know? usually the third quarter. Like, yeah, you usually have another quarter to go after this quarter. <laughs> it, it usually is. But to your point earlier, you said something about depth perception. I totally agree with that. I've noticed. I mean, the few times I, I, I had the opportunity in high school to play at the at the American Airlines Arena. Yeah. Those were the probably worst shooting games I've ever had hmm. because I was not used to How, the vastness. The, yes, it it's felt huge. huge, you know, and it's it, it wasn't that much bigger than our high school court because our high school court was actually pretty big. But behind the rim at, at our high school, we There's had wall. the wall. Yeah. You know what I mean? So as soon as we we came back and we had our next game, I mean, I was on fire because I was so used to that. So I just think it's it's, it's just a. So many different things going on. Yes, the offense is better. These guys are more skilled. The rules have actually helped them because you can count on if you're a star, or if you're an all-star, you're going to get eight to ten free. They've been skewed
1: for offense. Yeah, like we're not for missing sure. words. It's the NFL, the NBA knows that points sell. Yeah, like there's a reason why. In the NFL, defensive players are now saying you can't touch the quarterback, you can't hit somebody over the middle, you can't do this, you can't do that. Yeah, because we want to see games that are 42-41. to (laughs) We don't want to see 10-3 games, Mm -hmm. right? The consumer doesn't want to see that. The consumer doesn't want to see 75-62 with three minutes left in the game. Like, we don't want to see that. We want to see dunks. We want to see as close to the All-Star game as we can, but a lot more competition. Yeah. Right? And I I hate people that say, oh, I don't want to watch the All-Star game. It's no defense. Who cares? You're watching guys at the top of their craft, being able to just do whatever they want. Yeah, they can go up and slam it. Nobody's playing defense. That's great. I don't care. I want to watch it.
0: But that fourth quarter, though.
1: The fourth quarter, all of a sudden the <laughs> clamps turn on, and then you see the the best players in the world do what they do best. But it's for, uh, it's a game for our entertainment. Why does yeah. everything have to be defense stakes? We have to make sure that we're getting stops. Like, stop it. Those are the purists. That's yeah. those are the old people. Yeah. Let's be real. Those are the old people yeah. because the the next generation is watching the NBA as an entertainment value, right? I feel like fans of the 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s were there because their team. Mm. Now we're we've evolved from team to star power. Yeah. Right? I want to see what Kawhi does. I want to see what Jokic and Jamal Murray are doing. Like I want to see Spider Mitchell. I want to see Kyrie, KD, Steph Curry. Like that's mm-hmm. what I want to see. Yeah. Like for, for as for as much you know as people gave them crap, I loved watching the Warriors. Yeah. To me, watching the Warriors beautiful basketball, was some of the best basketball that I've ever seen and mm-hmm. that's us talking about the big three and seeing them up you know close and personal here in Miami. yeah but for me um, and you play basketball with me like my thing is shooting. So mm-hmm. like the technique, the the footwork, the stuff that Clay Thompson does off a screen, the, the way that Steph Curry can just get a shot at any point and have everything squared up. That, to me, was fascinating. Yeah. So I love watching the technical aspects of basketball and making it fun. Like, I don't want to see defense. Yeah, I mean, defense, to me, doesn't do anything. I do. I, I still want to see
0: defense. Like, when my team is getting their behinds, like, kicked, I mean, yeah, I want them to lock down and clamp up. But it, to, to your point, so true. Uh, although I will forever, you know, I have – I worked for the Heat. I have my rings. I enjoyed those four years like, like never before. But those Warriors teams – it was just different because mm-hmm. we had to grind to get our points because we really didn't have – I mean, we had shooters. That's what was different, too, though. But It was different. It was a different – like, the only guys that were shooting were, like, the specialists, you know, Shane Battier, Ray Allen. Mike Miller. Uh, Rashard Lewis, Mike Miller. Like, LeBron and Wade, really, unless they were hot, they were not going to let it fly. Like, now you see LeBron putting up six to eight threes a game. The game was totally different. From but deep, too. From, yeah, like, from the logo. But um, we see the Warriors, and they had a down year because of injuries. But they're going to come back. Oh, for sure. They have and they have, they've got a top five pick. And they pick have a, a top, top, top two five pick. pick or whatever it is. So, Draymond, you got uh, Steph, you got Clay, you got uh, Wiggins. Who's mm-hmm. don't sleep on this guy. Yeah. He was a, he was a top pick for a reason. Um, all these cats with a with a young guy coming in. I mean, they're gonna be a problem next year. Of course. Of and course. the way that they just play is so free flowing, so beautiful. I love that style of play. So,
1: so getting getting back to Denver and, and Utah. Yeah. Um, Jamal Murray is turning to a certified star. Yeah. I don't. I don't think I've ever seen a game where somebody who has been flying under the radar for so low come onto the scene and, in a playoff series like this and just be like, "Hey, I'm here and I'm scoring 40, 50 points in a, in a mm-hmm. game, and you can't stop me." Like yeah. l- game. It was the game before the shutdown, and I and I have a lot of thoughts on the on the boycotts and stuff, which we'll get to in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it, game? 5 when they when they cuz it was 3-1 three, 3-1 one, three, one, game, game five, 5 game 5 he he took over. He oh. he had 26 points in a matter of like 10 minutes and it looked easy. And it looked effortless. Yeah. And obviously he's got a lot of good players around him and Jokic is probably the best complimentary player in the NBA. I, think I don't so. I don't know if there's anybody that has such a rounded skill set for the size that he does. Right? Yeah. If he was if he was and he slimmed down, but if mm-hmm. he was twenty or thirty pounds lighter, Ooh. are we talking about Jokic being a Giannis mold guy that uh. is that big that can do everything? Not in not in the Man same. Not the same vein, mold, but I know what you mean. I know what but you, what you know mean. what I mean. Like, he
0: fits on every, any team
1: you put him on; he'll fit. He's a guy that has the offensive, you know, skill set to fit other people yeah. around him. And and Jamal Murray for me, like, it's always been like, okay, like he's good. I know he's good, but he's really taken the next step. To, oh yeah. This guy can get buckets on anybody and he showed it, you know, hmm. defensive player of the year, Rudy Gobert, it doesn't matter. Like here's a reverse layup. You're going to try to block it. I'm going to go reverse. Yeah, do like, nothing with that. Yeah. Spider Mitchell. Here's a one, two step back that to yeah. hit from, from 17 feet away, fading away. And it's good. It's like, leave it. Yeah. He, he's just, you know, like, and, yeah. and, and again, Donovan Mitchell on the other side, another guy who's really coming into his own. And, mm-hmm. and a couple years ago when he had that whole thing versus Ben Simmons for rookie of the year, like, Oh, I'm the real rookie of the year. No, oh, yeah. Ben Simmons, whatever. Um, he was good, and then last year he just kind of had that sophomore slump and, and a down year. But this year, like, it just goes to show you the NBA is in good hands. Oh yeah. When this generation of LeBron and you know Kawhi and Paul George, like that, that era moves on, we're gonna have a lot of nice players because, you know, it always takes, it always takes something to break through, right? Mm-hmm. The generational ceiling mm-hmm. of. LeBron has the crown and you know it's his league. Yeah. Who's that next player to come up and, and it be their league? It's gonna be Giannis, right? Like yeah, I, I don't it, think for, yeah, it's Giannis. It's, I don't it's think Giannis. there's anybody else that no. can do that. No. But when you look around the league, Jason Tatum, Giannis, Shh. Jamal Murray, Donovan Mitchell, and I'm missing guys because oh, there's, yeah, a, there's, there's a ton there's of other there's guys. A ton of them. But that to me has been one of the most exciting series to watch mm-hmm. in, in these playoffs just because the the matchup of two young yeah. potential stars we haven't really seen that right. in the series lately right well like what's the last one that you've seen and you've looked at and been like wow young guys i love this matchup between two guys that in the next 10 years are going to be running the league man I, I can't even think of
0: it like two right? young cats like usually you'll see like the older guy and then the younger guy like we saw that with d wade mm-hmm. you know that 05 playoffs where he everyone knew he was good he was a sophomore but he just took over but again he was going against established teams already right um I'm, if we're going young guy against young guy, I can't recall, you know, because like, usually young guys don't make it so quick. Right, you know what I mean? Like Doncic, I mean, he's going against two established <laughs> guys, and, and that guy, I mean, come Let's get on let's now. get to Doncic for a second yeah, because man.
1: like when when they when they got him, when the Mavericks got him, I was like, okay, this is a team that has the power structure and the longevity with Dirk mm-hmm. to make European guys work yeah. in the system. Because how many times have we seen European guys go to other teams and not really find their footing and be the dominant players that they were either in Europe or they could have been mm-hmm. here in the NBA? And watching Doncic, I, I knew from the jump he was a can't-miss. Just the way that he was able to be a pro at such a yeah. young level in the second-best league in the world, yeah. right, in the Spanish Spain. league. Yeah. There is no other league that's better than that league other than the NBA. Mm-hmm. For him to be at 13... Like remember what we were doing yeah, at 13
0: cuz we were playing basketball together. We were just trying to make it a varsity in 8th grade or something like,
1: like that. he was winning championships against grown-ass men that are our age <laughs> back then, right? <laughs> like that, yeah. 29, 30 years old and this is a kid 15 years old giving you buckets. So Doncic to me was was the second coming of a yeah. Larry Bird of a, you know, a throwback player that can really do everything. Yeah. I love watching him play. Like there what? is nobody more exciting than him.
0: I, I would agree with that. I think he's the most exciting player to watch, and I'll tell you a few things. I always knew he was going to be good. People would, would always look at his stats in Spain, and I never I never go by the European stats. Right. It's a different style of play. But about three years ago, um, when Goran Dragic was, like, killing it, he was doing amazing. They're like, oh, would you consider yourself the best Slovenian player of all time? And he's like, no. There's this kid <laughs> who's at the you'll time see. was, like, 17. Right. He's going to be there. And people are like, the kid that's averaging 12 points a game, he's like, you'll see. So three years ago, I've already had, I be, i been watching his stuff. And I, I I started noticing, like, his game, it was different. Mm-hmm. He wasn't the fastest. he He's not the most athletic. I mean, we see that. Right. But his feel for the game, I have never seen that. I would consider the guy that had the best feel for the game at all, all time, in my opinion, was Larry Bird. And it's not because I'm comparing them because they're both white. It has right. nothing to do with that. The feel that that guy had for the game was just, just amazing. Just being ready just, from yes. the jump. I mean – I would consider that the equivalent, right? And the moves that he was making at that age, 16, 17 years old, I was like, oh, this guy, When he, when he, if he ever decides to, to come to the league, he's going to impact this game like never before. I mean, I have never seen anyone, not even LeBron, humiliate Paul George and Kawhi the way that this kid has. I've never seen that. Like it's LeBron 21. will power his way and score on him. You know, he'll might he he you know, he makes tough shots. This kid will like Euro make Paul George look like a, you know, a college kid that's in his first season. He like he's doing things to Kawhi. Yes, he's using a screen sometimes and getting away. But he's doing things humiliating world class players that I've never seen before with the pace that he plays with and the like the joy that he plays with and the, the, the confidence like to me, he's up there with Giannis the as to the guys that will hold that torch for 100%. the next 10, 15 years.
1: 100%. I don't know if I've seen a craftier player. Yeah. That young, right? Mm-hmm. Like when you think of crafty, my number one crafty player is James Harden. Yeah. Even yeah, though yeah. he can knock down the three and he can do other things, the way that he can contort his body, he's a guy that's built like me, right? A little bit of a belly. Like <laughs> six five, he can just kind of like do things. Yeah. But yet he'll dribble 18 times between your legs and then go up and (laughs) score, right? You know what I mean? So you're sitting there saying, how does this guy do it? He comes from the same mold of the Paul Pierce, Mm. of the James Harden, of the guys that don't look like they're supposed to be in the NBA. But they're giving you buckets. But then all of a sudden cross you up and hit a J, and you're like, well, wasn't expecting that, right? (laughs) And I love watching Luca because he is the personification of what we feel that an average guy would look like in the nba mm-hmm. right he's just six eight yeah. it happens to be much bigger and much better than everybody else yeah but if you were to put a guy who looks like an average joe yeah it's luca yeah he sits out there he's kind of normal build he's not super shredded he's not this guy that's like a no. huge guy that's just gonna do everything. yeah he's a normal dude and that's why i love watching normal guys with dad bods just be better <laughs> than everybody <laughs> who,
0: who's your all-time dad bod
1: Player, man, it was Jokic.
0: Jokic, yeah, now he's, yeah, now he, now he's um, uh he's got the sexy slim going on.
1: Uh, James Harden, Paul Pierce, um, guys that I grew up watching, like Paul Pierce, influenced my game a lot. Yeah, because he was somebody that I saw as something that I wanted to be because I knew mm-hmm. I wasn't the fastest. I knew mm-hmm. I wasn't this I knew it wasn't that but I knew how to get to spots before other people yeah whether that be with the spin move whether it be in and out whether it be with I'm gonna pump fake you get you up and I'm gonna go under whether I'm just gonna pull up higher than you because I can do it quicker yeah like he he influenced my game so and then he kind of looked like just an average guy yeah like like that to me is like I'd say power ranking of dad bod scores and dad bod athletes um Paul Pierce yeah James Harden Luka Doncic Luka and Jokic rounding out the. Four. I have a sleeper in there, bro. Okay.
0: Now I'm counting his his uh, international stats as well because if we're going international, he's a Hall of Famer. Arvidas Sabonis.
1: Yeah. But well, he had like the he had like the post Soviet era. <laughs> <laughs> he had like the post Soviet era dad who yeah. was an immigrant into the United States yeah. and was like really tough on his kids. Yeah. That's what <laughs> well, Arvidas Sabonis tough. looks like. Like he looks he's at got the got report card and he's like mm mm not enough. Chest hair, cigarette, yeah. like. Uh, this is not good. Right? <laughs> Post Soviet era. Like that's what I think of when I think of our music.
0: That's a, that that's perfect. <laughs> I couldn't have said that better myself, man. He's he's definitely one of those guys. Um I can't think of anyone Peja else. Page
1: Soyakovich, another guy who's kind of, later in his years, like when he was with the, the
0: the Mavs. Yeah, he he can get you buckets though. Dirk Nowitzki Dirk. Dirk, yeah, his whole career. Dirk is kinda average looking guy. Yeah. Tim
1: Duncan. Never really uh
0: He never ripped. Tim Duncan's another one. The best power forward of all time,
1: Timmy Hardaway with the Heat, dad bod. Really? Yeah, I think so.
0: Really? I I have I've seen pictures of him. He was pretty shredded those yeah. first few years. Later I'm say, on, I'm saying like when he started getting hurt. Something. Yeah, okay, okay. I'm saying 2001 yeah when he was two, hurt. Okay. You
1: know, early 2000s, Timmy was was a little bit more dad bod, but it's it's a league that you need to be yeah shredded. You, you have to right. Be. <laughs> right? You like, have to be. Like, you can't be just walking around as like a normal person if you are you have to be really good at a certain thing, yeah. right? Like, you have to be a spot-up shooter where you yeah. can just sit in the corner and just, you know, knock down threes. You have to be a big guy where you can do or something. Or just rebound on people.
0: Like, uh, who's who's this guy? Uh, I'm trying to remember. Uh, you remember Corliss Williamson? Yeah. He was one of those six seven, undersized, dad bod, I would say. But nobody, like, on the offensive boards, like, that guy was a monster.
1: It's like a Theo Ratliff. Theo, like Theo Ratliff. Ratliff. For the 76ers, just like... A guy uh, Theo Ratley. In, in this NBA, could not exist. No, nah, yeah, right? Theo wouldn't guys, nah. guys that were such special, like, you can argue that, you know, he would be able to exist in this NBA. Dennis Rodman. Like, I think so. He would be able yeah, to. Yeah, I think so. But that's just because he's the best at what he did, probably of all time. Yeah.
0: You well, know, also, the best the, undersized the rebounder. The, the training is. Di- of course. You of know, course. He, he might have a mid-range shot. Now maybe. Maybe. You know? But the way that the
1: NBA is, like, you need to be able to shoot. Yeah. If you're if you're not out shooting on the floor, you're a liability offensively. You're but playing four on five. Look
0: at Patrick Beverly. You know, the only reason I feel he was cut, remember that first year when LeBron was in Miami? Mm-hmm. Uh they had the option between him and Carlos Arroyo. Yeah. And they said, Let's go with Carlos Arroyo because he could shoot. Right. And Pat Patrick Beverly now is hitting thirty five, thirty six percent from three for the Clippers. So you have to evolve. Evolve or die, of you course. know, when it comes to this to the sport. Um And and speaking, we were talking about like the body fat and all that kind of stuff, right? Like uh, this is a sport where you need. It's not like baseball where you can have a beer gut and be a first baseman and And hit bombs. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) right. Like I'm
1: I'm big poppy. I'm just standing back there. I'm I'm 285, but I'm gonna hit 400 (laughs) foot rocket shots. And I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's cool. And I'll try.
0: I'll just try to run the bases. I don't have to run, but uh, the heat. We know that there's something different about them. People call it the culture. Um, From working there, I mean, I saw it. I've heard stories of Pat Riley. Literally, uh, like I don't know if you heard. Ever, you remember Todd Day? You remember mm-hmm. Todd Day? Um, he literally, in the middle of the contract, like he just traded him. Like he's because like, he wasn't working hard and different things like that. I've heard of guys being at eight percent body fat, which is amazing for the average human being. But guys were literally being sat because they're, that's not low enough. That their standards are a little bit higher, and we see that with these guys. Like these guys are some dogs. Like not other than Jimmy. And Because he's been an all-star Now Bam is getting yeah. known These guys are just Killing people They're tenacious We saw I didn't expect it And this is my team I didn't expect them To sweep Indiana like that Right What are some things That you've been noticing About them man?
1: It's it's crazy Because this is And we've talked about it On diff, With different people that, that I'm in tune with um, This has been One of the best Passing teams In the NBA And in and, and Heat history like, Yeah I think it was game I think it was game one or two um at game one. Game one, yeah. Where the passing was just boom, next pass, next pass, open man, open man, shot. And it's like, well, there were six passes before mm-hmm. we had a shot. And what's the thing that we always talk about, whether you're a coach, whether you play pickup, you know, move don't it. move the ball, don't not one shot and go. Mm-hmm. And what their specialty is and it's becoming, is being able to find the open man and make the extra pass. Yeah. Right. Like that's that's a big thing in the NBA is if you get an open shot, more than likely it's gonna go in. Yeah. The key is just getting more open shots than the next guy. Mm-hmm. And when you're the Miami Heat and you're able to dump you know, into Bam, all of a sudden he kicks back out, none to somebody else, hero to somebody else, drive baseline Drogic out to Duncan Robinson, and the defense is nowhere to be found. It's easy for him to just go up and shoot. And like that's one of the things that I've seen, at least in the series against Indiana, is that their ball movement was incredible. Yeah, They don't have a team that is going to wow you with star power, right? Yeah. Jimmy, Drogic, Bam now to a certain degree. But there's no um, okay. like, I say this hesitantly. Yeah. There's no alpha male dog that's going to win you a game on that team, in my opinion. You mean like they're just going to go ahead and get you buckets? It's not Kawhi Leonard. There is not a a Luka Doncic. There is not a James Harden. There is not somebody offensively that's going to say, don't worry, two minutes left, give me the ball. I'm going to score eight straight points, and yeah. we're going to win this game. Jimmy used to be that way. Jimmy Jimmy did that. He used right? to that. Like, do, he yeah. did that in game two or three. With free throws, though. Right. But I, that's the one thing that I see missing from this Heat team. The way that they make up with it is that they're a collective better, yeah. right? Like Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hughes come to his own in this mm-hmm. series. Um, was hitting big shots late in games yeah. where all of a sudden you see him dribbling and you're like, okay, what is he going to do? That he kid. pulls up, hits a, a dagger jump shot, and you're like, okay. those the little scoop right-hand yeah, layup. Dude,
0: that was nice. You the, know, like, these. Um, I'll tell you what, though. These guys that are like, for example, we talked earlier about Jamal Murray. We talked about uh, Spider Mitchell. This is really their fourth year because yeah. those three or four months of quarantine, they really got to work on their game, and that's what I see with Tyler is this is really his second year, his second go-around. And when you have that confidence, um, wh- 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 and that's what I like about the Heat, where he's a rookie, but they're giving him that confidence. Mm-hmm. I, it reminds me of, like, D. Wade, um, his rookie year, where it's like, yeah, we have Lamar Odom, yeah, we have Kron Butler, but you know what? Like, there's something special like about you. Like, this guy's you. good, right. There's something special about you, let's cultivate that. And you talked about earlier Dallas as well, of how they really cultivate their European players. Right. When you have somebody that has that confides in you and believes in you that really just shoots your confidence level oh, up sure. and that's why we're seeing like this kid when the game's getting tight he's just going meandering around the screen and doing a step back where you're like what the like yeah. normally you'd be like who is this guy like where you bench him right. but he's making those shots and it's because of that confidence and, and when you breed that
1: like come right, on now. right? It, it allows you to be the best you know version of yourself yeah. and I think that's where the Heat have an interesting advantage is that And again, to not to sound cliche, but they play as a team. Yeah, right. This is a team that, because of the deficit of that one true alpha male superstar that they have that can just take the game over and and do what he wants, Mm -hmm. they have to revert back to okay, we need to play as a team because if we don't, we're in trouble. Yeah, right. Like we need to have Bam doing what he does. We need to have uh, Tyler Hero doing what he does. We need Duncan Robinson Mm -hmm. for as much as a guy who is an afterthought, right, throughout his entire career. Is the guy that spaces the floor the best probably in the NBA right now? Uh, oh yeah, he's I don't know down. if there's anybody better. No,
0: nobody. No, spacing the floor. No,
1: no, nobody. Like, like the way that he's able to hit open shots, hit contested shots, and spread the floor and play like almost a two two man yeah. game. Like it's it's really changed the dynamic of what the Heat can do. And I'm gonna be interested. Obviously, you know, Milwaukee's gonna get through through uh, the yeah, Magic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm interested to see what what he can do against the length that Milwaukee has, the defensive. Uh, energy that Milwaukee mm-hmm. brings because to me they're probably the the best defensive team in the NBA for as much size as they have as much length as they have Giannis by himself covers you half know. the court you know what I, I mean I would
0: say this though and like yes against any other team the only team in the east that scares me as a Heat fan is Boston and I'll tell you why hmm. we don't match well against them we don't match up well against them um, when we have that starting lineup go out, the only really perimeter defender we have at one time is Jimmy. Right. And they have three guys. Right. They have Kemba, who has always been a, a heat killer. They have Jalen Brown, who That's nice. He's the most efficient Celtic player. You have Gordon Hayward. Well, now he's out now with he's the out injury. Right. But you have uh, T- Jason Tatum, Tatum. who. That kid is amazing, Marcus
1: Smart too. Who's a dog? I mean, I'm right?
0: not worried about him on offense, but on defense. But on defense, right? You're talking just just saying. Yeah, defensively. yeah. Defensively, he's 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 a pest. Right. He's. I think he's the best on ball defender in the NBA.
1: Better than Patrick Beverly?
0: Yes, because P- Patrick really? Beverly's a lot of rah rah. He and, is, but that to his advantage. But he's right? a, he's a bit older now too. He's a bit older now too. So maybe three years ago, I'd say a diff- give you a different answer. But uh, Marcus Smart just does so much off the ball as well, like his communication. He's a little bit bigger than Patrick Beverly too, but the Heat—that—that's the only team that scares me. I think we—I think we have the edge on Toronto, um, and I think we also would have the edge on Milwaukee because you give you give Spo you give Spo you give Spo some time to to, to, to and we the it hasn't this isn't not a new thing. The past three seasons we've given them some issues. Yeah, but it's
1: different in a seven game series. Oh, hundred percent. Right, 100%. Like The 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 uh, the the seventy sixers of old yeah. gave the Heat problems. The Brooklyn Nets of old gave the Heat problems. They did, but they gave the Heat problems in the regular season enough for their fan base to say, you know what, we could take down the big three, no big deal. And I feel like that's what the Heat fan has in the back of their mind. Like, we're good. We're cocky Heat fans back. You know what, Bam can neutralize Giannis. (laughs) Who else is there? Brooke Lopez? Ah, who cares? Duncan Robinson will take him on the three and you don't have to worry about it. Even though Chris Middleton's a problem. Even though Bledsoe is a problem. Like, there's guys that are really good on that team, and they're a very deep team. Like, I'll tell you this. There's a reason, Gio, there's yeah. a reason why they're the number one oh, overall seed. There's a reason sure. why they're a historically good defensive team. Like, Brudenhold yes. is an amazing coach. There's a reason. There's a reason. No, 100%. But to me,
0: they're the 09-2010 Cleveland Cavaliers. That's what they are to me. They're the 09-2010 Cleveland Cavaliers. Same framework, great coach, similar records, similar style of play. But in the playoffs, teams can hone in on that. Mm. And the reason I say that I think that he can take them is because I feel like there's another level Jimmy hasn't gotten to as a Heat player yet. And I do think something's up with him. Like if you look at the way he used to score before and the way he's scoring now, it's completely different. He's getting to the line at the highest percentage of anyone like with the percentage of their points. But he's just not, I think that injury he had last year in the playoffs is is more serious than he's letting on with the wrist. Mm. Um, And now the shoulder too. And now the shoulder too. But I still think there's another level that he can get to. Um, and that's what I see that I, I just feel I just have a gut feeling man that we can take them I don't think it'll be easy but I think you're saying what six or seven I'll say six really yeah. heat six yeah I know it's a bold it's a hot take it's a bold take but I think honestly if we were to play about uh, Boston I, I hope Toronto wins and I'll tell you why Toronto's I think,
1: been one of the best teams in the bubble and nobody's oh yeah, talked about that in the, the past two and a half years
0: um I just think they're disrespected because they're in Canada and people don't see them as much. Yeah, that too. And they lost Kawhi too. They lost Kawhi. Big. But that team and they they have played Drake, just as to just as to they have Drake. <laughs> <laughs> they play just as together as uh as uh the Heat do. But listen, man.
1: Van Vliet's a problem.
0: Van Vliet is a that guy's a Pascal Siakam is
1: one of the next we talk about that collection. Oh yeah, of young he's, he's up there. He's one of the next. He's up there stars. too. He's up there too. Kyle Lowry for as much I've never been a Kyle Lowry guy. Me neither. But he's, he's a guy that can get things done, and he'll win you a game, a game by by himself. The thing is, the rap was always him and DeMar DeRozan can't get out of the second round. I guess the problem was in Kyle. Well, they also had Kawhi Leonard to fill in for DeMar DeRozan, yeah, so that yeah, kind of helped yeah. a little bit and, and buoyed Kyle Lowry. How, how bad but, must
0: must DeMar feel now? That Sucks, huh? Is there like a,
1: uh, you know. But I think Toronto is, is getting slept on a lot. I think they'll be Boston. I think it'll be Toronto and Milwaukee in the Eastern Conference yeah. Finals. Okay, yeah. Because I, I, I take that. Rematch of last year. Yeah. No Kawhi. And and it gives the opportunity for Giannis to take that next step. And yeah. I think what, what he needs to do, and, and he's had obviously another MVP season. Yeah. But this is and Philadelphia did it a little bit because mm-hmm. they have the size to do it. Um Toronto has the size to do it with their front court. Um, basically build a wall at the semicircle yeah. in the paint and say, Giannis, you want to beat man. us? Shoot, 17-foot jumper. Take it. Hit it. With a the Spurs, three-pointer. With the Take it. it to hit it. it.
0: Yeah.
1: You know what I mean? And, like, once he takes his game to that level yeah, it's a where, where it's he's a hitting consistent 17-foot jump shots where somebody's playing three feet off him saying, all right, shoot, and he can rise up and shoot on people, like, that's when we'll see, okay, mm-hmm. what's the ceiling for Giannis now that he has that in yeah. his bag? Because right now, he doesn't have it. And he's
0: still dominating.
1: He's still dominating, just dunking on people from 17 feet away. Right? The 17-foot jump shot <laughs> is just actually a
0: 17-foot it's, it's the space jam. Exactly. The, the, it's the, the actual Jones. space You know, like, that's,
1: that's what he's doing. He's yeah. How old is Giannis?
0: 26, I think, now. 26. Like, it's crazy.
1: Like, he still has 10 years. Because yeah. LeBron's what? 35 now. Wow. 35 turned 36. Like he still has ten years of prime mm-hmm. to be, okay. Yeah. If I can develop a jump shot, I could be one of the best players Dude. of all time. Just because nobody's ever seen a seven-foot freak like this. Speaking of jump shots, when is Ben Simmons gonna shoot, man? I'm tired of hearing Ben Simmons. I'm, I'm tired. Ti- of aren't you right? I'm tired of hearing. I, like, I, I hate that he got hurt. Um, I think he's he's a really good player, but I'm tired of hearing about him being able. Tar-Rondo. to Rondo. Like I, I'm I'm done. Like when he when he came out of Australia and LSU, I thought he was gonna be the next coming of. LeBron, right? He was was, dominating
0: in college. It was like, oh
1: my God, this guy, we've never seen anybody like this since LeBron. And then all of a sudden you get to the NBA and you can't shoot. And we knew the MO was he can't shoot, right? He's going to try to take everything to the basket. Mm -hmm. He's got that lefty thing so he can get to the basket at different angles. It's been four four or five years now. Bro, like at what point do you get a jump shot? And if you're never going to get a jump shot, fine. But the problem is this NBA, you need a jump shot to be successful.
0: Not even a jump shot, but just shoot the ball. like. I want to see a floater from him, or or a fadeaway, or something, something like. Different. It doesn't have to be a long range or even a mid range. Just get close. To, you know what I mean? Like, if you're averaging, if you're supposed to be an all star or a superstar, and you're averaging nine shots a game, like,
1: I have I find issues with that. It's 2020. Yeah. Like, your point guard needs to score. Yeah, he needs to. Yeah. Think of think of Damian Lillard. Think of Damian Lillard taking nine shots. We haven't talked about him by In the, the way. first quarter. Think <laughs> about Damian Lillard taking nine shots for a game. You would say they cut off both of his arms, and yeah. he still got nine shots up. And yeah. Think about it. Like
0: he threw it off his head. He did something, yeah, and he got nine yeah. shots
1: up, but they cut his arms off at halftime. Yeah. Like, he can't do anything. <laughs> like, that's what we're seeing with Ben Simmons. Like, they they put together Hinky and everybody put put a, a blueprint in place to have a team that could be successful yeah. for 10 years. Mm-hmm. And Bede was a good pick. He's... He's Embiid. He's he just, gonna get hurt. He's he just gonna needs to be, a be in better shape. Of a that's all that's
0: missing. He just needs to be in better shape.
1: He needs to be somewhere else. Yeah, Miami. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. We'll um, see. But with him, uh, with Ben Simmons, like that's a core that can work. The problem yeah. is both of them seem to. I don't. I don't know if it's they don't like each other. To be honest, like I, I don't know, and I'm speculating recklessly, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. I don't know if it's that they don't like each other. I don't know if it's they don't they don't mix well together. I will say this: when you have a point guard that is predominantly getting his points in the paint. Yeah, and just, then you have a big that predominantly gets yeah, his points in the paint. Not a good fit. There's no, there's not enough paint for everybody. And then that's turned. And what you want is your point guard to be able to say, okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to go out and take jumpers from 17 feet and back into the three-point line. And your big says, all right, I'm going to be here and I'm going to work the, the high elbow. I'm going to work the low block. The problem is with Philly is that they've gone opposite. Yeah. Ben Simmons says, I'm going to take him to the hoop. And Embiid's like, I'm going to take threes now. Is that okay with everybody? Cool? All right, perfect. I'm going to go shoot 14 threes a game. Like, that's where the divergence in Philly has gone. That's why Brett Bond's not there anymore.
0: Listen, last year they had a great shot. They had the shooters. um,
1: They were a couple bounces away from
0: being maybe in the finals. Right. You know? And I think they would have given Golden State a nice run. But, again, when you don't have shooting, they didn't bring any of their shooters back. J.J. Redick,
1: and how do you not bring J.J. Reddick back?
0: Only a top-ten shooter of all time. Like, you know, How do you not like bring that guy you, back?
1: There, there's a lot of mistakes yeah. that, that Philly did, which is what, what put them in the predicament to yeah. be swept. You know? yeah. and, and, obviously, and, and
0: they lose to Boston all the time. Right. So let's go out west. Uh, the west has been really intriguing. Um, even Portland sneaking into the playoffs, which I didn't think was going to happen, but Damian Litter said, like, just cut on team my back. on his back, yeah. Like, I've never seen a guy under 6'2", or 6'2", or, or under or shorter than that, just take over like that. Like, Iverson, yes, mm-hmm. he would do it, but not like this. And what I mean by not like this is just, just pulling up from everywhere. Dame will get you 11 assists. He'll get you nine rebounds. AI was more of like, let me get you some buckets. Right, right. And put my life on the line. Eric but Snow's going to give you the assists. Eric Snow will get you. Yeah, Eric Snow <laughs> will take care of everything.
1: Eric will get the rebounds. <laughs> Keith Van Horn will sit on the bench.
0: Yeah, Matumbo will get the blocks, but... Like Lillard is just on a on another level. Unfortunately, it sucks to see him get hurt. But what, what like what are you seeing out west, man? What do, what do you think about the Western Conference?
1: It's it's obviously Battle of L.A. Yeah, right. Like I I don't know if as much as we talked up Jazz Nuggets, they're not ready. Nah. The Mavericks basically punted on the season. They're done. Yeah. Right. They started boycotting early. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the night before they got beat by well Porzingis, points. Porzingis now also por, meniscus tear. He's gonna be out for the for the rest of the he's thing. There's a new trainer, man. He's, he's the thing is, and and I'm not going to spend too much long too much longer on his specific thing. Mm-hmm. He could be a Giannis type player where oh, we yeah. look at him and be like, this is a guy that is incredible, right? Yeah. Like the Knicks nailed that draft pick. The problem mm-hmm. is when you're that frame, you're susceptible to a lot of stuff that people that are smaller and built different aren't, right? And that's just that's just anatomy. That's
0: that's anatomy, yes. But it's also, I have an issue with NBA players that are getting non-contact injuries and are training with someone that's a trainer as you know that's what I do for right. a living we can't avoid freak injuries Damian Lillard Derrick Rose Derrick Rose F- freak injuries well Derrick Rose a few of them could have been avoided in my opinion the
1: first the first ACL tear that when he went up and he kind of like buckled or yeah. whatever which is what led to everything else exactly
0: I do feel like if you if there's a contact injury like Damian Lillard with the finger um
1: somebody getting rolled up Ola on, depot, stepping right.
0: on someone's ankle those are things that, okay, but if you have a non-contact injury where you're just, like, you're literally jumping up and you land on both feet and something buckles, I think that's something wrong with your training. I really do feel like these guys should be doing better research on who their trainers are and what these trainers, like, their history, like, making sure, okay, this guy, this guy got, you know, he has these clients, okay, they're doing they're this, doing this. Right. it's working, let me go there. Um, that's just my opinion on that, but... I mean, I think that they could have given the Clippers a run for the money. They would not have beaten them. They could have um, stretched to six or seven. But they could have stretched it to about six or seven. I think they're going to be done now um, after that. But I, for sure, like you said, Battle of LA, I, 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 this is what I hope happens. right? I would love for my Heat to win. I don't think that's going to happen. And I would love for LeBron to get his fourth ring. But I don't think that's going to happen because he doesn't have enough firepower. Yeah. I don't think he has enough shooting uh, to beat. The deepest team that I have seen in years, where you have you can literally look back and they have 14 guys that have started in the NBA. Right. Like the last guy on their bench has started an NBA game. Uh, like we we see Magruder, who was our starting small forward for two seasons. He's like the 12th guy on that bench.
1: Right. He almost doesn't even suit up some games. Yeah. He's in the back with with a jumpsuit on.
0: Joakim Noah. I mean, Defensive Player of the Year. He's like the <laughs> 15th guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? About that. He's jo- still
1: getting paid by the Knicks, by the way. Think Are you serious? That. I think so. So think was he an left. Amnesty player? I, I think so. I think they just said, you know what? Get out of here. Just, just leave. <laughs> <laughs> They're giving him $75 million. Okay? Yeah. Think about that. And he was older already. And he was already done. He was yeah. already gassed with the with the Bulls. Yeah. And the Knicks him five for 75 and then said, you know what? Get out of here. And then he went and go like – uh, He had like that that bleached sun bleach in his hair, yeah, 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 yeah. bleached beard, whatever. <laughs> I will say this, um, and I've thought it since the beginning of, of this year. 2019 into 2020. Mm-hmm. The Lakers roster construction has been a land of misfit toys because LeBron thinks that he can plug in a certain formula that he had with the heat and he's been trying to replicate Dude, 100%. it. So he's like, okay, if I get a playmaker next to me, Anthony Davis, mm-hmm. a scorer, um, if I can get a couple of shooters, if I can get people that know how to win, quote unquote, Danny Green, NBA champion, right? Ray- Rajon Rondo, NBA champion, Dwight Howard, NBA finalists, Sever- yeah, you know, like guys that have been there before, um, and it's not working. Yeah, because I would argue that LeBron AD is the best duo in the league, but then the rest of the twelve to thirteen guys in the team don't make sense. Yeah, like the roster construction is just all over the place. It just, I don't think that LeBron has it in the tank, and I don't think, for as much as we like AD, mm-hmm. and for as much of a great player that he is, something's missing. Something's missing. He's missing a dog. Yeah. That's to me. That's what it is, right? Yeah. And I can say that from here, in Miami, five thousand miles away, yeah. and you know, not even be close to the toenail of Anthony Davis. Oh, we'll never be like success. These cats. Yeah, yeah. We're not gonna. But there is something missing in the fact that he doesn't have that mean streak. Yeah. Is that a byproduct of the era? Is that a byproduct of everybody's playing AU together, so there's no rivalries? There's no. There's no dog needed.
0: So. I don't think so. There's, there's no a lot mean of dogs streak? out there. Look at the Heat, man. They just don't have that talent that they, those oh, guys do. Of course. You know what I mean?
1: So uh, I, I think for the Lakers, like, <clears throat> I think they're waiting on the inevitable that, you know, they're marching towards the Clippers, and, and the yeah. Clippers are just going to be like, look, that's great. You guys think you're really good. You but. Know, if Paul George can get his act together. Which I think he will. On the court. I and he, he showed will. that last game, yeah. obviously 36, 5, and 4, whatever it was. Um, and I know he's been dealing with stuff mentally mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. in the bubble. And he's he's given voice that anxiety and depression that probably a lot of people are feeling in the bubble. Imagine being, con- you know, constricted, felt that out here. right? Like, oh. imagine being in a place where you can't leave. You can't see your family. You can't see the people that you have mm-hmm. in your circle. Um, you're a thousand miles away from home t- two, three thousand miles away from home. Like it, it wears on you. And then obviously everything that's been happening in this country um, where you're playing a, a basketball game for two hours of your day mm-hmm. and then you have another 22 hours to kind of do whatever you want be on social media talk to people read things view videos view too many videos too many times
0: be angry about the, the things that are going on
1: like it it lends itself to maybe get you a little distracted yeah. and we know Kawhi's a robot he doesn't, doesn't have, even feelings. have social media like, yeah, yeah. he doesn't i don't even know if he has a phone i, I don't know yeah but <laughs> you know they're they're ready to take really the to next w- step, yeah. and I think Doc is the perfect coach. Perfect for that, right? Team. Like I think that he's somebody that can speak through and to different people. Yeah. He can speak to Patrick Beverly and reign him in. Yeah. He can get Kawhi and give him his space. He can get Paul George ready for. Even a though game. he did it his daughter and cheated on her. Yeah, no, yeah <laughs> that's neither here nor there, right? That's neither here nor there. But like to me, I think it's Clippers or bust in the Western yeah. Conference. I, I don't, I don't see anybody else. Being able to compete with the it depth, to say with it. the best player, yeah. with the defense that they have, like I think it's Clippers in the West, and to me, I think it's Milwaukee in the East.
0: It hurts me to say it because I, I love LeBron, but at thirty-five, I mean, I just don't like. I see him evolving; like he wants to be Magic. Like he, the only way I see him possibly beating the Clippers is if he becomes twenty eighteen or twenty thirteen LeBron. And and will that does he have like that does he have that back, yeah. does he have that in him left or is he saving it for the Clippers like mm. I don't see it because I think he understands he's like I'm in a point in my career where I need to I need be help. magic right I need to be magic the
1: problem is with magic he had Kareem James Worthy James Worthy Byron Scott like guys that were getting you twenty like guys that were Hall of Famers yeah not just Avery Bradley who didn't <laughs> make the trip yeah R- D- Dwight Howard uh. You know, Danny Green, mm-hmm. John Rondo. Uh, it's yeah. like, not those guys. I, magic I was think... magic when he was able to be the facilitator mm-hmm. and be the glue to Kareem giving you a yeah. skyhook or James Worthy dunking on your head. Yeah. Like I don't think LeBron guys want to play
0: with him anymore, though. I guys don't, don't want to play with LeBron? I don't think guys don't want to play with... Like, the... Okay, by guys, I mean Kawhi, the Paul second, George, the secondary guys. Jimmy Butler. Guys like the second guy, I don't think he guys want to play with him anymore. Um, so you're saying
1: Paul George picked the Clippers instead of the Lakers because of the fact that he would rather team up with Kawhi than team up with LeBron. Agreed. Yeah, 100%. I think so. I think the
0: biggest reason why uh, Anthony Davis went there is because they have the same agent. They clutch that Sports. That. Yeah, Clutch Sports. Uh, but I don't think those top guys want to play. They want to beat him because he's the face of the league. It's like, why do I want to join the... Like, even when, when Dwayne Wade, when he joined with Dwayne Wade, it was it was... Dwyane Wade was a different kind of guy because Dwyane Wade was secure in himself.
1: He had already won a championship. He
0: already won. He was secure. He's like, I'm helping this guy out. Mm-hmm. He's gonna learn from me. So that's why I think it's different. Uh, I know that there was guys that did not want to play with him. We, you know, we follow guys and we know guys that are very well connected. And and um, Kawhi, like for example, Kawhi um, wanted to go ahead and pair up with Jimmy Butler first. Jimmy was like, nah, I want to do my own thing in Miami. Like, these guys want their own legacy. They right. don't want to be paired up with, with somebody right. else. So I think LeBron is just such, he casts such a large shadow, which is why for so many years people didn't want to go to play in Chicago because of Michael Jordan. Right. You know, and I think that's what's happening with LeBron too. Like, it's going to be hard for him to get that third guy unless it's like a trade. You know what I mean?
1: And and still at this point, like, it he's just. He's older. Yeah, it's he's older, one. And, two, the way that free agency is playing out, like, you're looking at the crop of free agents saying, eh. Yeah, yeah. Like, do I want to overpay for somebody? Victor Oladipo. Victor coming Lodipo, off, Who's coming exactly. off an injury. Do I want to overpay for Victor Oladipo? And it's like, well, not really yeah. because he's not. He's a great second guy. He'd be an amazing third guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? He'd, for be, the Lakers, he'd be, he'd like, be he'd the be best be, third guy
0: in the league if he's on the sure, Lakers. For yeah.
1: sure. But the problem is, can he get back to being Victor Oladipo, right, pre-quad pre, uh, tear?
0: I'll tell you what. And I have very good sources, okay, the only way, in my opinion, that he can be who he was before is if he leaves the Pacers. The only way. Good um, chances of that. I think that'll happen. The only way. I can't say why. I know why, but I'd be I'd be very responsible for me to say as to why. I'll tell you after. <laughs> but I know that the only way he'll return to who he was before is if he leaves the Pacers. That's the only way.
1: And he will. I, I think the writing's on the wall, especially you know, Nate McMillan being unjustly Leaving, fired. Yeah not leaving fired straight up let's get talk ab- about that
0: before yeah let's talk about that man. after
1: 14 days you know you get an extension 14 days later you end up fired the only thing that that tells me is that something happened between him and the front office yeah i don't know if getting swept with your best player not being there yeah right it's a bonus yeah with your second best player a shell of himself mm-hmm. with a guy that was okay and then all of a sudden the bubble became, you know, Mr. Bubble and TJ Warren. Yeah. He he that was another roster that just doesn't make sense.
0: I actually I actually you know what I like their roster. Really? I really like their roster. And I'll tell you why. You got Brogdon who can switch between the one and the two. He's amazing. Did we Brogdon. did we
1: forget about Brogdon? Because I for, I totally forgot about Brogdon in Indiana hundred percent for him. I didn't him.
0: forget about him because he's always been nice. And, and then I, I was think, like, oh damn. No That's right. I, he he I, I, The the thing is that I think we forgot about him because he wasn't on the Milwaukee anywhere, which they've been winning right. every year. But you have a nice guy that can shuffle between the one and the two. You have Oladipo, who's a proven all-star. You got Warren, who's been always been nice, a sixteen point per game guy, and this year he upped it almost twenty. Right. You got uh um, their best player, in my opinion, is bonus. Right, that guy's a monster. There. He wasn't there. How
1: do you fault the coach for your oh, best that's not player his not being there? That's not his fault. And then your other best player being injured. Yeah. And being a shell of himself. Like Turner no... underperformed too. I think he did. He yeah. did. He, he. I was expecting him to take that next step and be that guy that can be yeah. like, okay, Miles Turner, like
0: this guy's nice. That, that, team what, USA. Yeah, exactly. You know.
1: And it's just a lot of again misfit yeah. pieces. Doug McDermott.
0: They just got a shooter to get a shooter.
1: T.J. McDonald. Like,
0: random, you know who they, who these guys that you're talking about are? Random scrub heat killers.
1: Yeah, I mean, yes.
0: They 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 always kill the heat. And I think the Pacers. They, that's what they did. They just they got all who the random scrub heat killers. All right, bring them over here. Bring them over here. Yeah,
1: I I thought it was an injustice and and it's upsetting. I agree. I don't think
0: that happens. Um, 14 days, two weeks. I think there was some something that we're never going to know what happened. Because the guy every year, like they went to seven against the Bronze Cavaliers, who went to the finals, right. Uh, last year they didn't have Oladipo in the playoffs, so they 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 lost to Boston. I think it was they got swept by Boston. Um, and every year he's he's won there, and he's every. And every year they don't have anybody. It. And yeah, exactly. He's a great coach. I think that that was unjust, unjust. Um, but
1: hopefully he finds a nice landing spot later on. Maybe he goes to the Sixers. <laughs> <laughs> one thing about one thing about the NBA and sh- and shuffling and the idea of. Okay, um, I'm gonna get rid of my coach either as a fan base or as a front office. I'm gonna get rid of my coach and I'm gonna try to find somebody better. Mm -hmm. Like everybody wants to find that next young coach, the next Nick Nurse, even Mm -hmm. though in three or four years, when all of a sudden the Raptors aren't the Raptors anymore, they're gonna be calling for Nick Nurse to be out of there, right? Like the head, yeah, you know. And that's that's one of the things that frustrates me about fan bases, about front office, is the lack of patience that they have with coaches, like Nate McMillan. Is I wouldn't I wouldn't put him in the top tier of coaches, but he's an NBA coach. Oh yeah, straight up. Yeah, he's an NBA coach. He's not going to go out and win you a title, but the thing is, when you're Indiana, you need to have the awareness of your identity, right? You're not Reggie. Reggie Miller's not walking through that door. You know what I mean? Mark Jackson's not walking through that door. Rick Smith's not walking through that door, as Amina Hassan would say, and play the open door game. Yeah, Um,
0: Patino game. The Patino (laughs) game, exactly.
1: Like when you have a team that is a middling. Four to seven seed in the East. You need to know who you are. Yeah. Right? And I get there's pressure from the front office to try and always be better. But let's be serious. The way that sports work is there's very few teams that are willing to put the money and invest Mm -hmm. the money to get those players, whether it be football, basketball, baseball, college football... They're content making their I money doing as college owners. football in there. <laughs> college football, like sliding that one to the middle of the table. Um they're content with just being good enough. Yeah. The Tennessee Titans, the Houston Texans, they're good with being eight and eight.
0: Just make the playoffs. That, maybe
1: win a division. Yeah. Maybe not. not Unless you draft deal. someone. That's the only way you're gonna The Marlins are okay being bad. Right, like the way that the redistribution is in the MLB, Mm -hmm. they're getting money for being bad. Yeah, their operating costs are such where they don't pay a salary to get better players, but then they get money on the back end from the MLB Mm -hmm. because of TV deals, because of redistribution of money. So there's not always teams that are, and that's something that I've read in a bunch of different studies too, and like the tribalism of of sports and the tribalism of fans, where fans think that their team always wants to win the championship, and it's like. No, your, your owner's content with just mm-hmm. making the money yeah. and not really being a team that's contending for a championship. It's an investment for them. Exactly. This is a business at the end of the day. And if you're making $100, 200 $300, 400000000 million every year, what what does it matter if Indiana won the, the NBA championship if I cleared $78 million this year? Yeah. What's what's the incentive right. for me to say let me go out and, and give LeBron as much money as humanly possible within the salary cap to get him to Indiana. Mm-hmm. We know it's not going to happen. No. It's not going to work.
0: Yeah. I mean that, that that's when it comes to those middling teams, at the end of the day you have to build what you can with what you have right. and pray that you can get you can't you can't hope for a free agent to get there and be that missing piece, but you can try to draft somebody. They had him. Indiana yeah, had they him. They did. They Paul had George. That's Paul it. George. They had not him. Not
1: only that, Kawhi Leonard. Remember, they traded Kawhi Leonard.
0: They did. For George Hill. For George Hill. And like, listen, they had their, they, they were close. <laughs> they were close, but LeBron said, no, no, no. And, you know, you just got to rebuild. And, again, same thing with they had the team before. Uh, Michael Jordan said, no, no, no. Right. So you got to be okay with being close. And if you're not, then you, I guess you got to find another team.
1: Um, We skated from it long enough.
0: Yeah. Let's, let's get to it. So... The, The boycott. The boycott, yeah, man. So I want to touch upon that first. When the guys decided that they were not going to play, I was totally fine with it, and I'll tell you why. As a Hispanic African-American, we have been marginalized for a very long long time, forever, really. And um, at the end of the day, I don't think that not playing um, really did a huge difference. But I think now having a plan going forward will make a huge difference. Because we saw in other sports, we, had, we saw in soccer, we saw in baseball, they also did the same thing, they decided to boycott. But I, th- but I think what, what now is going to happen is it brought awareness to what needs to change. And this year has been a lot about that. It's been a lot about change. And I think that now going forward, because these players put pressure and said, listen, I appreciate that you guys said you're going to pledge $300 million over the next 10 years. That's nice. But you guys have money. You have the resources. We don't just need the money. We need actual change to happen. We don't need a nice little program where you just throw money and get a tax write-off. No, we need you guys to go in. Let's work on certain things that need to, need to happen. Um, let's let's do scholarship funds for the kids. Let's go ahead and do um, – let's get into legislation. Let's do right. things that really people have not talked about or maybe wanted to put it under the rug. Right. So I, I was okay. I was sad because I was like, man, the possibility of not having basketball again sucks because I love this sport. Mm-hmm. And it's been part of my life. As far back as I can remember. But I understand, I understood the cause. And I do feel that if you're going to do that, though, you have to understand. Okay, if we're going to boycott, we're going to boycott. But we might have a lockout next year. You're not going to get the same money that you got. So you have to be okay with the, the repercussions. CBA, right. Okay, you can't just say, oh, we're going to do this and not expect there to be repercussions. There's going to be repercussions, good or bad. I'm glad that they decided to go play because now they're going to continue to have that platform. There's a little things that I think are a little over the top. That's just my opinion. But I do support the cause, and I do understand that within reason, um, I'm all for it. You know,
1: when we saw everything that happened with Jacob Blake, mm-hmm. um, yet another televised murder yeah. from a police officer um, against an African American, um, I think it was the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah, the perfect storm of, like I said, these guys being in a confined space of their hotel room for 17 hours a day, mm-hmm. not playing basketball not doing normal things and having a TV and having Twitter and having Instagram and having social media and having all these things where they can just continue to pour in information yeah. and fuel the fire that they already have was a powder keg waiting to blow. Yeah. Right? Like this was the perfect storm for not the first one, now the second one Yeah, that's uh, been a televised yeah. murder of a black man. In front of the nation, in front of the world. The first one with George Floyd. Well, luckily, Jacob Blake is alive. Right, correct. Yeah. In all intents and purposes, yeah. that's what it was. That's what
0: it was, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Because yeah. in any other case, seven shots to the back of point blank oh, yeah. range.
0: It's a miracle he's alive. It's is a miracle, death, yeah.
1: right? So when you have that, it was imperative mm-hmm. for the NBA to go ahead and make a, make a statement, make a stand. And I'm glad the Milwaukee Bucks, in their backyard, were able mm-hmm. to... Say you know what? It's not important. This yeah. right now is not important. It's Which bigger. is not. It's, not. it's bigger than basketball. It is. It is. The lives of marginalized people is more important. The conversation that we're we've been having that all of a sudden has been lessened because people are starting to get back to their normal lives. Mm-hmm. There's people not protesting in the streets like there were when everything was shut down. The fact that they came out and then you know everybody in the NBA followed suit was encouraging to see and yeah. there's a lot of suckers that were like what does this solve what does this prove they should just play like that but that's the problem that's th- exactly those the problem. people those yeah. people kind of don't get it mm-hmm. and when you don't know you don't get it you don't know you don't know yeah right so so there's a lot of people that said well what does this prove what does this solve and it solves exactly what we're seeing now is that when the nba decides that they want to make a stand and make a message, the world stops. Mm-hmm. Fox News keeps talking about it in a, one way. CNN talks about it in another way. Uh, you're getting the President of the United States commenting on it. Yeah. Right, like, this has tentacles in everything. Everything. So when they decide to do this, it was something where, okay, let's, let's stop and talk about it now. Right. Conversation is the first point of action, Mm -hmm. right? You have to figure out that there's a problem. Okay. Let's talk about what we do to solve it. And I think investing in education, investing in legislation, investing in lobbying, because there's a lot of big money out there that is opposed to a lot of these different movements. Right. And when you have the money to influence government and governmental agents, like it's really easy to get your stuff and not to get too political but that's why oh, the yeah. NRA that's why the NRA can just go in and do whatever they yeah, want because they have the backing because they got the backing of every almost every republican person in, in government said yeah I'll give you $50,000 here you're going to support what I do I'll
0: tell you this Anthony and it's like
1: well okay sure
0: it, you're right and I'll tell you this and, and this is my favorite thing about the whole ordeal the NBA has been trying for months to make their arenas or stadiums whatever people want to call them uh, polling locations yes yeah, yeah. And now this pushed it to the forefront where now people, now it's official. Now it's happening. It's going to happen. In a way, I'm glad that that happened because now people were like, okay, we got to make this happen instead of, you know, red tape and all these different things. What I love about that is for so often we've heard of people complain about politics and complain about our country and everything like that, but they don't vote. Now those people that don't vote, they'll have the incentive because maybe they wouldn't be able to afford to go watch a game or go to an arena, but now that they're like, oh, wow, like I can go to the Daleks Mavericks or the Denver Nuggets Arena to actually vote and see how the, the layout is, that might incentivize people to go vote, which sure. is something that we desperately need in our country. People sure. need to vote. I don't care if they're going to vote for one side or the other. Vote for whatever you believe in, but vote. Right. You know. And I love that. That was probably my favorite thing is that the NBA made something change. But that was the most tangible
1: action. Yeah, right. Like yeah. that's the one thing that came from this that now in 30 cities, mm-hmm. there's going to be a hell of a lot more people that are, and let's let's be honest for a second. Like voter suppression is happening in this country. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a reason why mailboxes are being taken out at a mass, you know, in a mass <laughs> number. Yeah. Because people now we're talking about voting by mail. People don't want to go to the polls because of the pandemic. I get that. Mm-hmm. This is now opening the door for marginalized groups of people in low socioeconomic backgrounds to be able to go and vote because Mm -hmm. when you look at the numbers in those low socioeconomic uh, background neighborhoods, there may be one polling place for thousands of people and all of a sudden November 3rd comes. And how are you supposed to vote when the line is from here down to Mary Brickle, mm-hmm. right? There's there's a thousand people in line, and you're going to wait in the Miami sun for four hours to yeah. to, to press a couple buttons? No. Say, no. I'm not going to do that. Yeah, I'd I'm I'm rather it. go yeah. home. Yeah. And that's how the powers that be suppress voting, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we don't go around saying, no, you can't vote, you can't vote, you can't vote. Yeah. What we do is just make it harder for you.
0: It's not intentional, but it is. But it is, yeah. right.
1: So now when you open AAA think about the the neighborhoods surrounding yeah. the triple downtown overtown, downtown overtown liberty Alapata. city like all of those different places now have a place where yeah. they can go and they can stand in line and make their voice heard right um, one of the things that that upsets me about this whole thing is we had the anniversary a couple days ago of the first time that Colin Kaepernick knelt four for years already wow police brutality yeah. right and in 4 years i can't believe we went from that to where we are now where we have black lives matter on the nba court where we have I never thought that would ever gonna the happen. move, yeah, right? Crazy. The the, the yeah. paradigm shift that we've had from what we saw four years ago and the rhetoric and the hate that we've seen since to now where we are mm-hmm. where we have all these things that we're making progress in it. But the one beef I have is that Colin Kaepernick said that he didn't vote in the twenty sixteen election. Right? Like how can you be the ring ra- yeah, the, the, the bearer of all this burden for people and yet not displace yeah, like, like, not display the the civic duty that you have to vote one way or the other.
0: Even if it's a write-in vote, even, right. even even if, if you, you want ride to vote in, yourself, yeah, vote for yourself, do something. But that's that's right? that's I the whole thing. Like, if you're gonna firmly believe in something and stand for it, take action. Right, 100%. and that's that's that's. And we'll wrap things up now. But what 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 I want and the purpose of this podcast. I know we talked about a lot about sports, but at the end of the day, uh, it's that. You know, take action Whether it be pursuit of a dream Whether it be pursuit of You know, business uh, Helping someone, you know I'm proud to say that this week Actually yesterday, my wife and I uh, We went ahead and we uh, donated 50 backpacks and school supplies To an elementary school In Alapada. Nice You know And I don't say that to like Pat myself on the back But I say that because we're taking action And I'm proud of that That we're taking action And whether it be with a dream Whether it be with helping someone Whatever the case may be That's what I want everyone that's watching this today. Take action, man. Uh, Go vote. uh, Pursue your dreams. If you like that girl, ask her out (laughs) or vice versa. Um, Whatever it is that you guys want to do, go for it. And, um, man, my brother. Always, man. Thank you so much for being on. Of course. You definitely got to keep doing these. Um, I appreciate you guys for tuning in again. Anthony, just tell everybody where they can find you on social yeah, um, media. Yeah,
1: you can find me on social media at AC underscore underscore 305. We're doing a lot of cool stuff um, on the Levitard show. Um, we're doing a lot of cool stuff with Mystery Crate, which is a spinoff podcast on Levitard and Friends Network. Loving it, by the way. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. We're doing a, a lot of cool stuff there. Um, just excited to be part of, you know, the journey and part of the uh, part of the movement, man. Just, just want to be able to have people really, you know, get outside of their comfort zone mm-hmm. and, and make – make their stuff that that they can think of a reality because that's that's what we're doing here right yeah, like yeah. what you're doing what i'm doing like this is it we're, we're two guys that probably shouldn't be where we are <laughs> yeah, I know you know what right. i mean yeah like we shouldn't be where we are yet we made it with a lot of help from a lot of people mm-hmm. and um and we just want to be able to to give back to you know the people that that need to hear and need to get that push Definitely. so i appreciate you having me on bro. yeah man cool thanks brother